poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of Tactical Tuesday. John, you always say we'll see you next week, and this week has arrived. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing quite well. Just sitting here looking identical to the way that I looked in last week's episode. It's strange. We're both wearing the same clothes. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Yeah, we, we dressed up just like, we, we like continuity on Tactical Tuesdays. Halloween. So we, yeah, ha- Halloween. <laughs> We're just looking the same. That's our Halloween costume. So what's the theme of this week's episode? I don't even know. Yeah, so um, last, or not last week, but a couple of weeks ago, we did an episode on sizing river bluffs and kind of the considerations that we think about before bluffing the river and deciding what size to go. We had a hand where we showed a really small bluff a spot where we thought going really small was appropriate and then another spot where we thought overbetting the river was appropriate um so we're going to flip the script a little bit here and instead of sizing uh bluffs we decided to do an episode on a couple of hands where um i thought there was some interesting discussion to be had about sizing value bets or value hands um so yeah we'll just jump right into that here yes this is a max greed episode yeah all right so breakdown Hand number one for the podcast listener. Yeah, so I'm in the cutoff. I open King Jack offsuit. The button who is a fish flats, or excuse me, the button who is a rag flats, and the big blind who is a fish also calls. Uh, so we go three ways to flop. Um, Can we just talk about like pre flop? Yeah, just to like talk about pre flop real quick. I think the button is going to have a slightly wider flatting range than normal, given that we have a fish in the big blind. Um, there's also you know, really, really deep. Uh, or I guess not too deep with the button, but still 150 big blinds deep. So I think the button will be flatting wider than normal. Um, I also think that they might be turning, so, uh, deciding to flat some hands that uh, might normally be a three bet um, cutoff versus button. Uh, I think there, there definitely is a category of hands um, where it's just, it's probably more profitable to just flat and hope that the big blind, the fish in the big blind comes along and, and not take some like small pre-flop edge that you have against the cutoff. You know, I think there's some hands that are, um, you know, become really nice, nice flats. Like there's some middling, like suited gappers, like a hand like Jack Nine suited. I think some of the smaller and like middling pocket pairs, um, you know, you can now start flatting wider with and, and, and hoping that the button is just, or excuse me, the big blind just comes along. So I expect the, basically in short, I expect the button to have a pretty wide flatting range, even <laughs> that there's a fish in that big blind. In short, what's funny is, so there, there's a thing that you never wanted to hear me say again. So like, I, I'm not going to say it, so I'll just leave that to you okay. as to other options that may have been available to us. I, I won't I won't say it. I'll just I'll just let you see the, the rest of this hint about the cool. <laughs> maybe yeah. that'll save me. I'll I'll say it if you won't say <laughs> it. I'm gonna say you got a fish in the big blind. You can size up pre flop. Like we can raise larger with a fish in the big blind. I think it's 
extremely important to build bigger pots against fish when they're out of position and they just make some catastrophic mistakes, starting with starting a pot with like eight big blinds versus starting a pot with like four big blinds or five big blinds is a major difference by the time that it gets down to the river. And yeah, yeah. so I would open wider exploitatively versus this fish in the big blind. Yeah. So just for the listeners, how big would you open in this spot? 4X probably. 40, yeah. I think yeah. that's reasonable. And, and I think like if the button three bets, so be it. We just have a pretty easy fold with King Jack off. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, like the button, I mean, this probably goes, has a lot to do with why you'd open so large, but like, like I said, the button is probably not as incentivized to three bet, given that they also want to play with the fish. Um, yeah, and I mean, yeah. what, again, like I, I always say, like, what can they do? Right. Like they know we're opening larger. They know there's a fish in the big blind. Like, okay, but I'm opening larger because I want more money to be in the pot, which means I can have a stronger range. Um, and so, yeah, it's basically their hands are kind of tied. If you're on the button here, you just have to open bigger. I mean, fish, yeah. like when fish fold in correctly, that's worth more money to us. When they call in correctly, that's worth more money to us. It's just like building bigger pots in position versus fish is worth way more money to us. And so we got to start pre-flop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a <clears throat> mistake by me. It's a old habits coming, showing up again. They die hard. They die <laughs> hard. Um, yeah. There you go so three ways to this flop. Yeah. Three ways. Ace of hearts, flop. king of diamonds, eight of diamonds. I have king, jack, offsuit, king of hearts, jack, of spades. Um, the big blind checks, uh, I check this flop, and the button decides to stab for, I think, what is actually around half pot once you take out the rake. So goes for a half pot stab. I call with second pair. I think there's a lot, I mean, already here, and then, and then once we get to the turn. But like I, I think we could definitely have like a pretty long conversation about like my range construction in, in these multi-way spots. I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't have like a clear roadmap of like exactly what my flatting range and continuing range looks like and where the weaknesses are but it sort of feels like in this hand that i was that i'm opening myself up to uh i don't know some downstream problems with how i'm constructing my range multi-way i think the more important takeaway here is i mean first of all yes i i think you are too because i think you bet like all of your good hands with the fish in the big blind and so right. like when you check call you're you almost exclusively have like second pair or maybe like ace deuce or ace tray or ace four or ace five and i mean maybe that's enough but i think the big the bigger takeaway is like when you're the button in these spots and like a reg check calls on a board like this i think that just allows us to bluff them if we do have bottom of range stabs on the flop pretty successfully on like turns and rivers if we better like gut shots like jack 10 queen jack queen 10 then I think it's just a license to go bet, bet, bet. Go crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think given what my checking range looks like, uh, especially with a fish, like I'd be just so tempted to just bet, you know, all my strong hands or even like reasonably strong hands, like even ace deuce with the fish in the hand, I think I'd be <laughs> pretty uh, excited about just putting money in on the flop. Um, so I yeah, that, that ace like... deuce. I would check ace deuce. Like it's yeah. hard to get three streets from a worse hand with ace deuce. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, I guess like the ace, the, the ace rag, the suited ace rags, like maybe I find the check, but I don't know versus the button I, or versus the fish in the big white. I just, 
I, I know. I get, I get overly excited. <laughs> oh, super pumped. Uh, so yeah. that just leaves my check call range, like you said, just like wide open for, you know, just bombing into it with the bluffs and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, what's the fix for that? Is like check more on the swap, I guess, multi way, maybe check range. That's not crazy. It's just that like ace king X type flops seem like the ones that are most reasonable to, to build a betting range on. Um, I don't think you, I don't think there is a fix that makes sense in this configuration because you want to bet with your good hands versus the fish. I mean, you could just bet a third with range. I yeah, think that might that's, be it. that's the fix. Like yeah. if you're going to do anything, just bet, bet a third with range, but I don't mind exploitatively like splitting your range with some checks and bets again with the fish in here. Cause I think like the button's not going to, I think the button is sort of in a similar situation where like they don't, they're not pumped to just bomb off three ways with this fish involved. If the fish is sort of like this, I used to call them like meat shields in the middle, right? Where like they, they just make, make it tough for everybody. Okay. All right. Yeah. Right. So what you're saying is like, if the button has queen Jack and gets called by the fish, they're not like super excited about like trying to get the fish off of a deuce or something like that. Whereas, you know, I likely fold those hands sometimes and maybe I don't even check them. So. Yeah, okay. they're they're trying to fold out two people as like a collective unit, and uh, that just l- makes me think that they're not going to be over bluffing. And if they're not over bluffing, then they're not going to be able to exploit our downstream range construction problems. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so we go ahead and call, and just like the best turn <laughs> ever feels, it's the king of clubs on the turn. So I turn trips. Uh, the board is ace king eight king. Um, I check again, and the Button that's pretty big, um, about two thirds pot. Mm. Bad. <laughs> I think we just talked about what your range likely is. I wouldn't be pumped like facing this turn bet. I would be a little bit petrified. Um, it, it is a good card, but like this is a card that is like most of what we have, and villains going polar and sizing up on the turn is like. Uh oh, yeah. Like it just looks like I have a king, and you don't care that like. <laughs> like, well, like yeah, I agree. Like I like, you know, I'm uh, super excited to see the king once appeals, but then once I check and and the button bets this size, suddenly I'm not as excited about my hand anymore. Um, yeah. yeah. The good news is like we beat some like worse kings, so king ten, king nine suited, something like that. King ten right. off. Um, or I. I don't think they have King 10 off pre-flop, but... And also, like, just some more good news. They never have aces. They never have ace-king, so... Yeah. So, if anything, you know, you should just be using your blocker here and just check-raising and piling everywhere. (laughs) Fold out their entire range. Do you think there's a spot where you would check-raise bluffs, but maybe not check-raise the king? Uh, Maybe, I don't know. No, I I wouldn't check... Like, I, I would just... Yeah, your hand wants to call. I'm joking because we always talk about you trying Uh, to turn your (laughs) trips into bluffs. Um, I got to save that for the river when I'm sure that my trip kings are no good, like on the seven of diamonds river or something. Yeah, (laughs) that's when. Uh, It's probably not the worst, honestly. Like on a seven of diamonds, check raising all in. I, I, holy shit. Like if I had like eight, eight I mean, if I had eights full, I'm like, oh my God, like, what do what I beat? Do? <laughs> like, I mean, what do you beat with eights full when you get like uh, check jammed yeah. on? Yeah. You we're, beat, we're a flush or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
you you beat villain turning King X into a bluff, which whew, you get a pretty oh, good. Oh, thank God, I don't have to do that. <laughs> it was the right diamond. It wasn't the seven of diamonds. Yeah, we, we don't have to think about very much here on the river. You get the jack of diamonds. So the final board is ace, king, king, eight, jack. So John has kings full of jacks. The river completes the front door flush. Uh, yeah. So I just I check again. Um, kind of just playing in flow, I guess. And the the dealer or the button, uh, I believe, puts out a bet on the river. One sixty eight. 08 into 340. So I think that, that comes out to like half pot out rake. Sure. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit more than half pot. Yeah. I mean, kind of a, a great river card for me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, he now his bluffs, now the buttons bluff, bluffs have hopefully improved into flushes quite frequently. And, and we beat all the worst King X that might be value betting this size. And if he has Queen 10, then we beat that too. I wonder if villain has multiple sizings on the river than half pot. It's curious to me. They have to have more than this one size on the river. I, would I doubt think, they bluff half pot on the river. Well, I, I think with eight, like eights full, I don't. Yeah, they I think they bet bigger. Yeah. Um, with like eights full, king eight, king jack, like those hands. I, I yeah, I, I just think they go. They they use a bigger size um, than half pot. Maybe maybe they do some frequency, but I. I, I would just have to think that they have multiple different sizing selections here. I don't think they're bluffing. I mean, I, I think that like you would have to be just suicidal to bluff on like when the king pairs and then the front door flush completes, like that's that's an insane card to bluff on. So I, I think that like they have good hands here. It's just a matter of like what good hands do they have? The most obvious boat that they have, I think, is eights full. But I think eights full likely chooses a larger sizing on the river once the flush completes. So I don't think they really have eights full here, which you know segues nicely into your sizing choice here on the river um, when you check raise with your value. Yeah. So again, just uh, this is going to be a spot where like I'm splitting my own sizes exploitatively. If I had a bluff or like had a hand that I wanted to bluff on the river facing this river bet, I would. 1000% just be jamming all of those bluffs. I don't think I would ever pick a different size other than jam. Um, but what, with what my, hand would you bluff with? That's so hard. I mean, that, that was a question that I was going to like, just kind of pose like after I, after my sizing came out, but it's just like, I don't even know what my bluffs are in this, in this situation. Like what hands I would have to turn into a bluff. Like it, 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 it might just be a King that doesn't, that didn't vote. I think it has to be. Yeah. It has to just be like my King, Queen, King, 10, King, 9, like whatever that, that didn't boat. And like now the flush gets there and I feel like I don't beat anything. And this guy's clearly value betting. Um, Maybe like an ace deuce if you call the turn. I don't know. I would rather pick a king than ace deuce. I mean, I'd rather have an eight. <laughs> like that's the one that I, I, I very much want to have would be an eight. But I don't think we have any eights that check call, check call. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I can't think of a hand. I mean, king queen with a queen of diamonds, king ten with a ten of diamonds. Maybe those are the ones. Yeah, I think this is actually a really good conversation because, like, I had this thought in game as well. It was just like, I don't know what my bluffs are. Like, more importantly, like, I don't know what my bluffs are going to be perceived to be by my opponent. Like, if I do jam here, what is he going to think that like 
he beats again like what is he gonna think that he beats like when he has eights because like there are no natural bluffs it looks like such a good board for the pre-flop razor like i think they're gonna start having thoughts about like oh wow like did this guy just trap with aces or kings or ace king like those kinds of thoughts um more than they are like they're gonna have those thoughts more often than they are like okay well let me like squeeze my brain to think about like what their reasonable bluff combos in the spot are and i think when you find yourself on the river with a value hand kind of asking yourself like okay like i do want to jam this hand for value but like what like i just can't think of like what my bluffs would be in the spot and i and like on top of that like i can't imagine what my opponent will think my bluffs will be like i think that's a good spot to like size down on your raises or your sizing when like you yourself are struggling to come up with your own bluffs i think it it goes back to sort of the importance of you know when we we talk about this a lot how you you tend to overfold in spots like earlier in the tree mm-hmm. and i think what happens when you overfold in spots earlier in the tree is that you don't give yourself the opportunity to have bluffs in spots like this because like you you fold too much on the turn, right? Yeah. Which means you just don't have enough available combos to really carve out a, a bluffing range. And I mean, for everybody that says like poker's dead, I would just say look at this hand as an example of why I think poker until the robots take over, poker won't be dead because you don't have any bluffs here. But I, I would also expect villain to Wait, you're saying like me, me personally. I don't have, I don't have bluffs here. Yeah, I don't think you have bluffs here. And <laughs> and you, I think yeah, we had a tackle Tuesday where I jammed the queen jack. I think you're gonna struggle. I, I mean, maybe. I I think. Well, okay. So I know the result of this hand, right? And that that biases me a little bit because the result of this hand uh, will influence what I'm saying right now. But. What I'm saying is like if villain has eights, even though you don't have natural bluffs or you don't have bluffs, I don't think they fold eights to a jam. I see. I think they just snap call because they have a full house. And that's why I think poker is profitable until the robots take over because human beings, despite knowing you don't have any bluffs, just call in spots where they shouldn't just because they have a full house, right? So yeah, I mean... And, you know, that sort of, I, I guess, yeah, tell us about why you, why you choose the sizing that you choose, because you do go small. Um, and my assumption is that you're choosing it just because you have no bluffs. And that's, that's the reason why you choose a small sizing. Well, I think like thinking about like what my own bluffs would be is like a starting point, but I don't think that's like a particularly good place to like end your, you know, your, your thoughts on like how you should size. Because like you said, like, Let's say I know that I have lots of bluffs here and I check jam um like whatever a bluff or a value like like you said like the eights are just going to call because they're not going to they're not going to know they're just they just look at the house and they look at their hand and they say like I have a full house and you know they probably like don't spend a ton of time like thinking about like what bluffs I have but like so I think like what's most important well <laughs> we're sort of I'm sort of killing my own argument here but uh I think like what's important <laughs> is to like first think about like how many bluffs you have in reality for yourself and then like kind of the last layer of that is like okay like of these bluffs like how many is my opponent going to think that i actually get to the to the river with because if you're not perceived to have bluffs it doesn't matter whether you actually have them or not like your opponent is not is not gonna get a chance to like ask you like give you a truth serum and be like okay well tell me how many do you actually like have bluffs in this spot or not they're just gonna take 
what their perception is and, and, and act on that. So anyways, like that's kind of a long winded say, just long winded way to say that. Like I thought that like, I personally don't have a lot of bluffs here and that my opponent would just like really, really struggle to find hands that I might be bluffing on the river. Um, yeah, you're not bluffing. That in reality, I don't have. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think you're just not bluffing. I think that like that, that the, the truth and reality of the situation here is that most humans have no bluffs here when they raise the river. And it's not like the way that this hand played out, it's not yeah, it's not that confusing to see. Like you check called the flop because there's a fish and it's multi-way. I mean, th this is like a rare occurrence of a situation. And I just think that like, yeah, it, you king, queen, and king, 10 with a diamond are like your only possible available bluffs. I don't even, I wouldn't even care if I had a diamond. Like I'm repping a boat. It's like, I don't care if you have a flush. Yeah. Well, okay. So, yeah. anyways, King, King Queen, King uh, Jack. I, King honestly, I, I'm taking some offense to the fact that you think I have no bluffs in this in this spot because I I would like to think that I do. You would like to think. <laughs> Dude, like I, I don't think. know what else I have to do. I ripped the Queen Jack in the other hand. Just that's that's I that's probably a spot where like if I had a boat there, you might when you don't think that you might be like, well, you don't have any bluffs when you bet it's three about this river. You're yeah, yeah, that's true. Like. You do rip trips, and I think this is like the perfect situation where you have to turn your trips into a bluff, and no. those are the only available bluffs that you have. No. I, I think it, it becomes problematic when you jam like all your king X because then you have too many bluffs. But anyway, that's a different different conversation for a different day. You you do choose this like small sizing. Villain does call. They call with a hand that you know. Makes sense given the way that the hand played out, but again, like, did they snap call? Did they think about it? Yeah, they thought about it for a little while and then called. I don't think they like you know it wasn't an egregious time bank or anything like that, but it was not a snap. Yeah, because like they've got a queen and a ten and a and the two diamonds. Like yeah. <laughs> from their perspective, it's very hard coming up with hands that they beat. Yeah, but they call anyways. Like but they said. call anyway, right? <laughs> because like. That's because humans, despite knowing what the, they should do, they just call. And so, like, that's, that's why poker stays good. So, like, in my opinion, sort of, like, the, the operative question in this situation is, like, do you think I should have jammed anyways, given that, like, we just think they call with pocket eights? Like, they just shrug and call with pocket eights without, you know? Well, I don't think there, they like, have getting... eights here. I, okay. I think the sizing they chose leads me to believe they don't have eights. Okay. And that's, if they went bigger, jamming would be, you think it's more reasonable? And then, I would jam yeah. and be like, ha, huh, I don't have bluffs here, but I don't think you're folding. Yeah. And like, that's, <laughs> you know. But I, I, I hate the way, like, I, I don't love their turn bet. I think their turn bet is just not good. What are they doing? What are you I mean, saying? Like, they should check range on the turn? If you're going to have a bluff on the turn, like, this is pretty good as far as they go, you know? If you're like, okay, I'm only betting the turn with King X plus and some bluffs. This is one of the ones that I would be like, yep, this is some bluffs. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bluff the turn. I would bet like eights full and no. nothing else. I mean, no. when you check call the flop, you've got so much King X in your range. Like <laughs> yeah. that is what your whole range basically looks like. So like lots of different turn cards, I'm down with betting. This specific turn card, I don't think you should be betting on this turn card. Okay, okay. Um, all right, so another long-winded... Hand number one, stick around after the break. What's the theme of this episode? Uh, value, picking value sizings. Value sizings. Yeah. 
pick, pick good ones. We don't ones. even know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a long day. We had to find the same wardrobe as last oh, week. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. That took tough. a while. Yeah. In a world where a fish dog bets the flop and you don't know what to do, one man Coach Brad Wilson has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Nuffle. Rated R. Welcome back to this episode on choosing the greediest of all the greediest value bet sizings here on Tactical Tuesday. This next hand, John, let's jump straight into it because... Uh, my wife just made tacos. They smell really nice. And oh, man. It's, it's been a long day. <laughs> oh. All right, all right. Let's get through this in. Uh, I'm on the button. Ace, nine, offsuit. Ace of hearts, nine of diamonds. The suits do not end up mattering in this hand. I open, and the uh, big blind calls. The big blind seems like a, I don't know how to describe him, like a tight fish, maybe. He's playing 15-4 over 90 hands. Uh, <laughs> 15-4. Yeah. 6% how, three bet. How, how much are you widening your button opening range versus a 15-4 in the big blind? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a, honestly, like, I'm a little terrified of these, like, 15-4s, like, 8-9. I'm like, dude, what if I end up playing a big pot against these guys? Like, that, that could just like, be disastrous. Man, I'm, I'm like, opening... Most like seventy percent, eighty percent of range on the button versus this this knit. Yeah, but they defend, and you flop pretty good. Yeah, although against the fifteen four, I'm like, is this good or am I <laughs> am I in trouble here? I don't know who's in trouble. Someone's in trouble. <laughs> well, the flop is ace ace tray. There's fifty five dollars in the pot. Mister Knitfish guy checks. John goes ahead and bets a third. Yeah, going to be doing this with range on this flop. Um, not too much to talk about, I think. And the big blind calls, and we see the best turn in the whole deck. It is the nine of hearts, so we make nuts. Um, the big blind checks. Man, I think there's like a lot of stuff we could talk about when it comes to sizing on this turn. Like, I just did a really standard two-thirds turn bet, but I think I could have been way more, like, I think I could have put way more thought into it, especially yeah, given yeah. like what we know about the big blind. I think I would go one of two ways. I would go 30% or I would go like 150%. Yeah. And I wouldn't do anything in between. I think that is probably the right way to go. Um, and yeah, with a boat, I'd be like really tempted to do the 150 and just try to put in, just pile money in with his ASEX and like maybe even get like a river jam or something like that. But um, well, I mean, you're, you're polarizing with 70%, but I think that. If you go one fifty percent, his he's gonna continue his ace x no yeah. matter no matter like what we do. Like right, right. the reason why I think like thirty percent is an option is if they can like inappropriately raise an ace x on the turn. That'd be that'd be pretty money too. Getting an extra bet in. Oh, okay. I thought the thirty percent was like so that we can target a wider value range from him, like pocket eights and sevens and sixes. Maybe like feel like they can't fold, you know, versus thirty percent. Um. People tend to raise like at almost double frequency versus the small sizing. 
um, compared to like the big sizing. And so like, be like hopeful of that versus a nit. I mean, I'm always hopeful that they can like overplay an ace, Yeah, like facing a small sizing. I mean, there's no real reason for them to, to think that, I mean, it it is like in the profile of like a nitty fish that they're going to overplay trips. Right. Oh, oh, ace five needs protection. Like I'm going to, you know, pile the money in. Okay, yeah. yeah. In that lens, like this, this size is fucking terrible because it's just like it doesn't open the door to like let them overplay. It doesn't like get the extra value from the top end of hands. All it does is get like minimum value from their top end of hands and folds out or like yeah, folds and out then the minimum eights value in the sevens and yeah, and then like doesn't get the check raise, doesn't open the door for the check raise opportunity and let them overplay like ace deuce through ace, you know, whatever. Yeah, if you're gonna polarize like with the nuts here. You got you got to just target like the top of their range and go super big. Yeah, yeah. I think I knew that to be honest. I was like, I knew that, and like, uh, I was just, I don't know. I was just like scared and, and like scared of blowing him off a hand or something, and just decided to go with my. Well, they do fold more often, but the times they call, it's oh, a lot more valuable. A lot, yeah. yeah. So I go with this very poor size and get called. <laughs> Uh, the tur- or the river is the queen of spades, so the board is now ace, ace, three, nine, queen. I have ace, nine. Um, I still think it's the nuts. Like, <laughs> this guy's, like, really tight, but I would still expect ace, queen. I was still expecting ace, queen to three-bet preflop all the time. Ace, queen, offsuit, ace, queen, suited. Um, maybe that's incorrect, but that's what I thought. Uh, and the big blind actually leads the river for $110, so just, uh, just around half pot, or just over half pot on the queen of spades. I'm not at all worried, like I said, about him improving to a hand that beats ours. It's just kind of a matter of what are my, or sorry, how large does my hand want to size when I raise? I don't know. Anything else that you're thinking about before? I- no, I think that's pretty much it. Like, what's our appropriate value sizing here? Just kind of like going back like to the turn. I mean, if you size to like 120, then there's 240, 300 in the pot compared to 200. And I don't know if they decide to lead like half pot here, but if they did, that would be like a significant, much larger um, pot if they donked. And even even if they don't donk, you can actually just overbet the river as well, right, targeting right. targeting their ASEX. Like so, you can like there's 300 in the river, like you can just bet at 450 or whatever, and yeah. expect to still get paid off by ASEX. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I really, I'm. Just honestly, really embarrassed with my turn sizing now that we've spent five minutes talking about it. It's just so bad. It's so terrible. Like it doesn't accomplishes like the minimum of like uh, just. It, it's like uh, it's just like the worst of both worlds. I think. Yeah. If yeah. You just you just got to go for it and like yeah, villains are gonna fold a lot, but when you do hit the situation, it's much better to bet. You know, much bigger. So they bet a hundred and ten, and so. I'm the way that I would think about this is again, I don't know. Like in the last hand, we talked about villain having uh, potentially having like a spectrum of sizes. I, I'm totally biased because I know what they have. I just don't think this feels like a boat. Like I, I think it feels a lot like Ace X. And I don't think like the ultra greed, you know, the all in button. I would be I would be very afraid of blowing them off ASEX by just ripping it. What size would you expect boats to lead for if they do lead? Or would you are you saying that like boats don't lead? I think so. 
Boats have the option to check raise the flop and the turn. They pass up both of them. Um, I think they would lead like pot. Ten villains tend to like scale linearly to the strength of their hand. So I would think like boats are going to lead pot typically, and yep. probably check raise the flop or the turn. So it just doesn't leave a lot of boats in their range when they choose half pot. In my opinion. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think. I mean. I. <laughs> yeah. It's it's giving them a lot of giving villain a lot of credit for being able to not check raise pocket threes or pocket nines or ace three on some earlier street given that like those hands do benefit from some protection as well and, and you know they're I'm choosing a weird size they're yeah, this like, is, this is or a weird line you know that like it, it's sort of this ties into like last uh last week's tactical tuesday for the for the podcast listener um where villains choose this strange line and what are like the most natural and easy hands for villain to choose this line with good ones pretty much Okay, so then, I mean, let's we should just do this from your perspective. Like, what size would you pick in this uh, in this river situation? Pretty much the exact size that you chose. Roughly three exit, and give him like a great price to call with whatever hand you bet on the river. Pretty much. I mean, maybe you can go like three eighty nine or three ninety six or like something bigger. Yeah, I, I think that's probably it's probably reasonable to go. A little bit bigger but yeah i'm not like piling i think i just think their boats are likely to take different actions and it wouldn't surprise me if we just like piled and folded out like ace jack ace 10 ace 8 ace 7 ace 6 ace 5 that's kind of a key part of this analysis is that like they're non-boat aces are going to fold the non-boat aces that don't three bet pre-flop are all going to fold to the gym well we think we suspect Especially they're playing like 15 slash six, you know, they're, they are, um, wary of putting money in the pot. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's tough to know like how to, I mean, like they're wary of putting money in the pot so that, so then when they like do put money in like on the river, should I be more excited about like, you know, jamming this or not? But anyways, yeah. I mean, a lot of, for like a lot of the reasons that you touched on, like I picked again, I picked like a really small race size, uh, in a spot where like, if I was bluffing the river, this is a spot where it's tough to find bluffs, by the way. Um, not the other one. This, I would, I don't think I would ever raise to any other size than all in if I was bluffing. So, yeah, another spot where I think it's, again, where like, I'm, like Brad said, it's going to be tough for me to find bluffs and my opponent is probably not going to perceive me to have very many bluffs. Um, and I think in those spots, even though it's really tempting to jam a hand like ace nine or king jack in the other hand, yeah, I think it's like really important to have, uh, like some extra discipline in these spots and not try to go for it all, even though that's what I really wanted to do. Yeah. And we give villain lots of credit for perceiving, <laughs> for perceiving the bluffs. I think like their perception of things are just like, Oh, they raised an amount that I can call with, with my ACE. Cool. Or wow. They're putting a lot of money in this pot. I, I think I should just fold. This hand can't. Yeah. Oh, maybe this, that's... this hand can't be good. You don't think they're looking at like bricked flush draws and like, oh, well, like, you know, they can have this and that hand that clearly would take this line and, and would want to raise the river as a bluff. You don't think they're thinking about that stuff. They're just like the absolute value of their hand plus the amount of money that's going in is like what they care about. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. I think that's, that, that's what they care about. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Which is why I size smaller with my value and go massive with my with my bluffs. <laughs> you'd be a fool not to. Like yeah. you'd be a fool not to exploit that type of that type of villain. Um, so yeah, I'm down. I'm down with the river sizing villain calls. They have the ace jack suited, uh, so it's a hand that like I guess makes sense given the situation. I think I should have been more afraid of the queen than I was, given that this guy does not three bet ace jack suited. Big blind versus button. I mean, you, you probably could just show up with ace queen offsuit, maybe even ace queen suited. And, like, <laughs> and I just like get my world destroyed. Like, like if the river was a jack, I think I would have similar similarly just been like, well, this guy probably he definitely three bets all his ace jack suited. Like, probably three bets most of his ace jack offsuit. Like, I shouldn't be too worried about a jack. I mean, you'd have got crushed. Like, but whatever. It, it's that's just a yeah. per, small percentage of the, <laughs> the amount of ace x that they have so like it, it is what it is i think you are right though i think they do have ace queen off in their range like yeah for sure but yeah it's a, another tactical tuesday in the books you are now going to go to vegas play no, some I'm live cash now. oh you're in vegas right now i forgot, I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're in Vegas right now. How how how's the life cash coming? How's it treating oh, it's, you? Oh, uh, it's been going pretty good so far. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the action's been great. Uh, that was a joke. We're pre-recording this a week in advance, but by the time this airs, I will be in Vegas playing live cash. Um, so I don't know. Maybe the week after, I'll have some some cool hands from the live streets to bring in for Tactical Tuesday. It's been yeah, a while yeah. actually since I've brought in a live hand. It's been a really long time. It, it has and. You know, one, maybe one of these days we'll get a studio set up in in Vegas. We'll t- have some like tactical Tuesday on the road, oh, on the, the road at, at the Rio. Uh, yeah. Get a van or like a, a tour bus. Like. <laughs> yeah, touring tactical Tuesday. Uh, well, only one thing left to say. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter, join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.